Hello, welcome to 21st Century Bonsai's podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. Do you like prideful people? Probably you may not. But the problem is, we don't even know how prideful we are. Sometimes we think that we are pretty cool, we're、uh, easy to get along with, but when it comes to other people think of us, probably they may not like us because we have some pride that we do not even know. Now, today I want us to talk about pride.、Uh, we've been going through First Corinthians. Series. Now, we have looked at some issues that were existing in the church of Corinth. But the biggest issues that we have discovered is the division that happened in the book of、uh, the church of Corinth. Now, what was the reason for the division? It was largely because of pride. Now, the pride was there in 2000 years ago, and the pride is still here in 2023. The question is, how can we solve this problem of pride? And what, was it, what did it look like in the church of Corinth? So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 2 through 7 to investigate what the pride was and how we can come up with some solutions for the pride. So let's look at today. And in this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. But to me, it is an insignificant matter that I would be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not ex- even examine myself. For I'm not aware of anything against myself. However, I'm not vindicated by this, but the one who examines me is the Lord. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of human hearts. And then praise will come to each person from God. Now, these things, brothers and sisters, I have figuratively applied to myself and Apollos on your account, so that in us you may learn not to exceed what is written, so that no one of you will. Become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. For two considers you, who considers you as superior? Why, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did not receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Amen. Now, there are two things that we need to consider to avoid arrogance. The first thing is do not examine others, second one is do not. Exalt yourself. So let's go one, one, one by one. Let's look at the first one. Do not examine others. So go back to the passage that we read today, 1 Corinthians 4, verses 2 through 7. It says, In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. We're going to come back to this one in a few minutes. Verse 3 But to me, it is an insignificant matter that I would be examined by you. So it says, It doesn't really matter if You examine me or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself. What does that mean? I do not even examine. I do not,、uh, I do not really see or investigate myself. Now, what does this examine really mean? Examine means investigation for the purpose of judgment. In other words, do not judge me. And I do not even judge myself. Verse 4 For I'm not aware of anything against myself. I'm pretty confident about myself. However, I'm not vindicated by this. So I'm not really vindicated by my own self righteousness. But the one who examines me, but the one who judges me is who? The Lord. Very important. It's not you. It's not even myself. It's not pastor. It's not policeman. It's not the court judge. But it is the Lord God Himself who judges me. Now, this is so important because we have a tendency to judge. Let's just be honest. Do you like to love people or do you like to judge people? Okay. Well, for me, 
it is very uh, obvious that I love to judge people more than loving other people. Of course, I would say I love you. But in the deep, deep inside of my heart, there is somewhere that I am judging the person. Now, this is not probably not just me, but so many people all around the world because we have a tendency of judging others. It starts from the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve were in the perfect place called the Garden of Eden. You know, Satan kicked in and then Satan deceived themselves, deceived them to eat from the forbidden tree. So they ate it and they disobeyed God, sadly. But what happened after that? What After they sinned against God, they felt shame ashamed about themselves. Nobody told them they were shameful, but they just felt the shame. And then they uh, clothed themselves with the leaf cloth. Do you know what happened after, after that? They began to blame one another. In other words, they begin to judge other, judge one another. That judging business did not stop right there. It continued, it continued all throughout ages, even until now. So we judge people by nature. But we have to know that our judgment is not based on accuracy because our human knowledge is very limited. We do not know fully about the person. And uh, uh, we might think that, you know, I know the person because I have known that uh, person for 10 years or 15 years and uh, I know uh, his action and his appetite and what he likes and what he doesn't like. But, you know, right now I have to judge that person because that person is doing so wrong to me. So I have all the rights to judge the person. However, the truth is this, even though you have known that person for 15 years, but you do not know fully about that person, sometimes even myself that I do not even know fully about myself, then our judgment based on this limited limited information is not accurate. It's not. It's partial. Maybe you may be partially right, but it is not fully right. So who can truly judge us? It is only God who can truly judge us. Why is that? Because God knows everything. Even when Adam and Eve were trying to hide from God, they couldn't hide themselves because God knew everything and God punished them based on the accurate information that they sinned against God. Even though they're trying to hide it, they're trying to cover it, but they cannot cover because God knew everything. God's judgment is righteous judgment because He judges based on the full knowledge of what happened. So we have to leave our judgment to the Lord. So uh, based on this, Paul suggested the uh, the solution. So let's look at uh, the today's passage again. In verse 5, it says, Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of human heart. So as you can see here, it says, wait until the Lord comes. So we need to wait until the last day, the when the Lord comes. Why? Because he will bring both he will bring to light the things hidden in the darkness, disclose motives, human hearts, and then God will reward, praise each person accordingly. So what does this really mean? 
Again, God knows everything. God will disclose all the hidden things, even the motives, so that He will judge accordingly. So we, what we need to do is to wait, wait until the Lord. It doesn't. It means that we should not judge one another until Jesus comes. Our tendency again was to judge people so quickly, so immediately. We want the justice to happen right away. Justice belongs to the Lord, not really to us, because again, we are fallible people, but God is infallible. God is perfectly just. So we need to leave our judgment to the Lord. Remember the story of David and Saul. King Saul was very mean to David, and he did so much harm to David. So, as I was reading through, you know, First and Second Samuel, and it was very heartbreaking to see how much this young David had to go through by this king. However, David did not revenge the king right away because he was he knew that this king, even though he was fall uh, fall falling away. But uh, he was anointed by the Lord, so David did not want to touch on him. He left the judgment, the justice to the Lord, even though he had all the opportunities to uh, practice his own humanly justice on the king of King Saul. So we need to learn from David's example. You know, God called David as a, "You are the man after my own heart." Now, this is so important for us because we want to practice our own justice to the people that who wrong to us so quickly. But we should stop. Even when the disciples of Jesus, you know, they were wronged by some people, they're like, "God, uh, Jesus, we why don't you just order fire to come down from heaven to burn them up?" But Jesus said, "No, don't do that." Because it is not us to judge the people, because we don't know the full context of the person. You might think that, well, that person is so stingy, and he is so greedy, he is so selfish, he never shares, he never bought food for people, he always, always wants to receive, receive, gather, collect money. So I will never want to get along with the person, he is a bad person. It's very easy for us to judge that way, but you never know what kind of context this person is going through. Probably he might have a um, single mom uh, with the disability that uh, he has to pay like a million dollars of worth of the hospital bill. You never know. So we need to uh, be patient. We need to wait until the Lord comes. Because he knows the heart, he knows every detail of our motivation. Now, if even if you see someone who is so nice, so good outside, but you never know what's really going on inside of that person's heart. But God knows that person's heart. Probably this person has a very evil desire that nobody catches, but only. God knows that. So let's wait until Jesus comes, and let's not put our judgment on other people too quickly. All right. Next one is: Do not exalt yourself. Do not exalt yourself. Let's go back to today's passage and then look at verse six. Now these things, brothers and sisters, I have figuratively applied to myself, Apollos, on your account, so that in us you may learn not to exceed 
what is written, so that no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. For who considers you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did not receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Amen. Now it says, why for who considers you as superior? So we can see from this passage that uh, in the church of Corinth that some people were regarding themselves superior to others. Where does arrogance come? It comes from two places. First, it comes from comparison. Now, if you're by yourself, you cannot be arrogant. Let's say, for example, if I'm a doctor and I go to a solitary place and then there's a, uh, the people who have no medical clinic but they need uh, right now. So I exercise my gift and I say, I'm a pretty good doctor. I'm r- really capable of what, what, I, what I do. I know what I do and I have skill to uh, fix this problem. It's not an arrogance. It's a good thing that you have a skill and then you recognize what you can do, what you can offer for that person. But now following is arrogance. I know that Dr. Smith and Dr. Smith is so inferior to me. You know, I have more experience than that person. I am more skillful than that person. That doctor is horrible. You know, his clinic is so dirty. And then, you know, uh, some people uh, complain about all those uh, things that Dr. Smith does. But I get almost non-complain so I'm a much better doctor for that person well you might th- you might think that way however you know since you compare to that person you feel so much superior to that person you feel so awesome about yourself compared to the other person now it is the uh, it is the arrogance now the people and uh, some people in the Corinth, the church of Corinth, they felt superior to other people. Probably they think, you know, I did so much of work in this church, so I'm much, I am much more superior that to, than that person. You know, what they do is nothing compared to what I do. You know, I am the true servant of God, and they are just the church goers, and I am much better person in the eyes of God. Well, the, the answer is, you are so arrogant. You are comparing to other people. You feel like you are so superior to others. That is arrogance. Now, another source of arrogance is this. Ignorance or ignoring God. If you ignore God, that is the pinnacle of pride. Let's, go, let's look at this passage again. It says in the verse 7, For who considers you as superior, but what? do you have that you did not receive and if you did receive it why do you boast as if you had not received it so what does really mean what does this verse mean because it was kind of taking some time for me to figure this out now it means that you god gave so much resource to you but you're acting as if you did not receive anything from god In other words, you are acting that God did not help you at all. You did everything by yourself. Wow. So what do you think? You know, I achieved my success. I gained. I made it. I did all these things with my own hands. You know, I have all the skills that is necessary. And I have all the experiences that is required. 
And I am so capable of all those things. You know, I did not even ask for God's help. I just did it. And I'm so good at this. And I don't need God's help for this one. What do you think? That is the arrogance, the pinnacle of pride, that you are totally ignoring God's help in your life. But you need to know this truth. What does the Bible says In 1 Corinthians 8, 6, it says, Yet for us there is only one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for Him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through Him. So, we are for Him, we are by Him, we are through Him. What does this mean? We are nothing without God. Amen. So important. Yes, this is the truth. Every good and perfect gift comes from God, as in James chapter 1, 17. But there are so many people ignore that. They think they achieved, they gained, they earned all these things by themselves. It is not true that they have received every good things from the Lord. God gave those things as gifts to the people, to us. Even our first name is a given name. We did not come up with our own name. Our parents gave name. But where this this where does this arrogance come? It is coming from ignorance of God, disbelief in God, or ignoring God. It's so, so dangerous. In the Garden of Eden, you know, Adam and Eve, they tried to eat from this tree, forbidden tree. Why? Because they wanted to be wise without depending on God. They wanted to have this source of wisdom, not from the Lord, but from this tree. And then Tower of Babel, why were they building the tower? Because they wanted to build the tower so that they can help themselves without help from God. That is the pinnacle of pride. We are totally depending on the Lord. Without God, we cannot even live an inch. But the people, so many people are arrogantly say, no, 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 I can do this myself. We're living in that culture right now. Just do it. You can do this. You have so much more worth. You just prove yourself. What is the problem with this statement? It sounds so cool and perfect and powerful and positive and everyone says that. What is the problem with that? The problem is this. There's no mention of God in those statements. It is perfectly the Satan's lie. Satan lies with the uh, disguising, uh, disguising that it looks, it sounds so great, but it is so fatal to our spiritual life. It is a death sentence to our spirit that there, because there is no God in it. God is the source of love. God is source of everything. Satan is source of lie. So we must not listen to what Satan says. We must listen to God. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, as in Hebrews 12, 2. So we need to recognize and depend on God. The problem is, even in the church, people ignore God. I planted this church, I watered this church, I did so much, I taught, I preached, and I even led that person to Jesus. But it's almost like, it's like you're doing a really wonderful ministry. You're so effective. You're so uh, skilled. 
But if there is no mention of God at all, it sounds like you did it all, even without depending on the Lord. Wow, we have to be very, very cautious about this. Some people even say, you know, I glorify all, all to God, this is all God. But in their heart, they feel like they're the ones who really did all these things. Because they quickly compare to other people. Look at those people. You know, they're not really doing anything, you know, because they led, they led nobody to Jesus Christ. You see, I led so many people to Jesus Christ. There's something in me, you know, well, that is not, that is not the case. It's not that something is in us, but it is God. It is God. It is God who did all those things and He enabled us to do it. So it is not really us, but it is God who made us to do it. So we have to recognize, we have to acknowledge God in all things. We have to be very, very careful. Otherwise, we will fall into arrogance. Even if we say, I healed those people, I did all these wonderful ministries, for God, but God will say to us, Apart, depart from me because I never knew you. Because what we did is not coming from the Lord, but we just did, we did it with our own power, with our own hands. And it has no real power because it is uh, separated from the real power of God. Let's not be arrogant. We always need to acknowledge God in all things. Just a few days ago, one of my friends passed away because of terminal illness. Now, when he was in the seminary, he tried to earn his PhD, but he could not make it. And then he, he did a so uh, well, so he worked so hard for world missions. But he was not so much of a recognized missionary, like uh, he did not have much of a big name. Um, and then compared to other missionaries, it looks like uh, his contribution was not so uh, significant in the eyes of the world. So the world may say, you know, he, is, he didn't really do much things. But this is what I heard from his sister. His sister said, you know, when my brother was about to pass away, his eyes were opened and he saw the glimpse of heaven. And then he said, awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm ready to go home. Wow, this is so powerful story. What does that really tell you? That even the, uh, when the world may say, you are not significant. You didn't do really much thing. Compare. Look at all the other pastors and missionaries, all the believers. You know, they did so much things in their limited time. But look at you. You didn't do really anything. You didn't, you didn't have any contribute to the, the kingdom of God in terms of number of people uh, coming to Jesus and all that. The world may despise you that way. However, how God sees you would be completely different. God may say, well done, good and faithful servant. First of all, we should not compare ourselves with other people. It is so fatal to how we should approach um, our life. Because arrogance starts from comparison. As soon as we compare with other people, either we feel superior to, our, to other people or we will feel uh, inferior. Both of them are not right. Paul said, I do not even examine myself. Judgment belongs to the Lord. If you remember uh, chapter 3, uh, and then also we uh, touched on how not so good uh, the, uh, the speaker Paul was, according to 2 Corinthians 10.10. 10. He was not an impressive person. 
However, God loved Paul. God used Paul in a mighty way. So it is not about how the world think of us, how the social media portrays us, how the business world look at us, how people say, oh, you're so effective or you're so ineffective. None of them really matter. What really matters the most is the Lord who judges us. He sees us based on the accurate information, the holistic information. There's no, it is no fallible information even much more information than AI. So let's leave our judgment to the Lord. Let's wait until the Lord comes and judge. So He is the ultimate judge. Let's stop compare ourselves with the other people. Then let's always depend on the Lord. Let's not ignore God because it is God who gives us power, who gives us all the resources, all the skills that we can do the work of God. It is not coming from us. It's not because we are smart. It's not because we are bright. It's not because we are tall. It's not because we are good looking. It's because of all God's blessing, God's grace upon us so that we are here, so that we can serve the Lord. So let's depend on the Lord. Let's be thankful for the Lord and Let's embrace one another, no matter what uh, situation the people are. Let's stop judging, but let's love and embrace one another as they are. This is how we can solve this problem of division in the church. We have to, we have to leave all the judgment to the Lord. We have to recognize the Lord always, acknowledge Him. Let's not exalt ourselves. Let's not examine others. Let's praise the Lord. Let's love one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for this wonderful message today. Father, we want to stop judging one another. We do not want to waste our time in judging one another. But Father, please, we want to spend our time uh, exalting you and spreading your word so that the world will hear this wonderful gospel of Christ Jesus who knows everything, who judges based on a holistic knowledge. But your love covers multitude of sin so that we'll not be judged uh, by you when we put our faith in you when we come to you. So Father, I pray for that blessing that if someone who is listening to this message who doesn't know you, I pray that you would grant your grace upon that person so that the person would come to you with open hands. So even when the world judges that person, you will not judge the person because he is washed. He or she is washed by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. So Father, please help them and help us not to judge others but help us to look at other people as you see them. And then we can embrace one another and we can love one another and we can truly be the body of Christ um, as you designed us designed uh, us to be. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen.